Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to If Women Ran the Internet, where every episode we bring on a new woman or non-binary individual who's leading change in the relationship between people and technology and hear their fascinating fascinating insights through the lens of entrepreneurship, public policy, ethics, and more. Today, we're here with Beverly Clow, CEO and founder of Verbena. Um, Ms. Clow, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and Verbena, what it's about, how it works? Yes. First of all, I'm super excited to be here. And um, I love that we're having this conversation. And the fact that you are hosting this uh, assures me and everyone else that the future is is looking good if we've got people like you at the helm and asking these questions. Um, so to introduce myself, I am I am an educator and a mom and a connector that those are the um the roles that I really see myself as and I'm also yes as you mentioned a founder and CEO of a company but um primarily my background is as an educator I spent many years working in classrooms and loved that work in fact my favorite thing was always the circle time was that community building piece and then after I had my own children, I moved out of the classroom and did more facilitation and community building at a grassroots level and really loved just holding space for people. And that's where Verbena grew out of was that um, real passion for holding space for people to connect and really share in meaningful ways. And I wanted to bring that type of connection to scale. So that's really where Verbena started with, with that interest. And then we uh, took a little bit of a pivot on, on our course, but um, really that's that's where it all began. Perfect. So I guess you kind of led me right into my next question, but um, could you tell me a little bit more about the story behind Verbena? What prompted you to start this? How did you get where you are right now with Verbena? Yeah. So I was really at a crossroads in terms of what I was doing professionally. You know, my kids were back in school and I had done a lot of soul searching, realized I didn't want to be returned to the classroom uh, in the way that I had before and really enjoyed the community building that I was doing locally in our town. I was doing a couple of things that I really enjoyed. One of them was I created a program at our elementary school and then it grew into a, um, a town-wide program. It's called HUG. It stood for Help Us Greet and it's to welcome immigrant families. And I would match immigrant families with people at the school and connect people so with their native tongue. So if someone was moving from India, I would try to find someone else at our school who was also from India so that they could speak the same language um, and really enjoyed this work and held a number of in-person events. This was all pre-COVID and really loved the community building piece that I was doing. So I wanted to find ways to do more community building um, and really like kind of weaving together communities in a meaningful way. And so I thought, gosh, we have the technology with video. And I really also was seeing the all the negative stuff about the typical social media that's out there. And I thought there has to be an alternative way to do some type of community building using video, using what I love to do and bringing it to scale. So I kind of, I honestly felt like I heard a calling that, hey, you you have a passion, you understand that the moment is ripe for this. And so I went down the path, started talking to developers, tried to understand, wow, what would this take? Um, I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to build it on my own, but I did have the resources. 
um, and the bandwidth to to take on a new project. And uh, it was scary, but I thought, hey, let's 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 go for it. So um, I started down this path to build really a space for private space for building community. And um, as I started going down that path, pretty soon thereafter, my daughter, who was then 10 at the time, she was diagnosed with a rare health condition. And so I stopped the project pretty much entirely, was focused on getting her a diagnosis and a treatment plan and really being a full-time caregiver for her. And it was in that, that whole really like new role that I took on as her full-time caregiver that I just started seeing things differently, really understanding how being both a patient and a caregiver is a very isolating, lonely experience. And so I thought, you know, I think that Verbena, rather than being a community building platform at large, what if we instead make this a space that allows patients and caregivers to get the support from their own communities um, using using the technology that we'd already started putting into place. That is that is just so inspiring. I mean, me personally, I I'm actually on my um, school board of education, and I meet a lot of educators educators like yourself, and just seeing how you've transformed your passion for education to something more even more meaningful for such a large audience is just so amazing. Um, just I guess pivoting to my next question, um, you mentioned how uh, Verbena specifically uses uh, video conferencing or. or video as kind of the medium for connection. Um, could you talk me through a little bit more of how that specifically um, kind of defines the value you're able to provide for users and how it kind of maybe I would assume like is able to allow for even more connection than maybe just typing up things? Exactly. So, you know, best case scenario, conversations that we have are always going to be in person, right? But um, part of it was also seeing that throughout COVID, that there were times when you could not have in-person conversations. You know, our family would start doing weekly Sunday night Zoom calls and seeing that really a Zoom call, a conversation like we're having right now, um, having it with video is the next best thing. It's it's meaningful. We can see each other's facial expressions. We, um, we understand, you know, when you just text someone, you, it's hard to know what is... You can you can read things different ways when when you don't hear the person giving the message themselves. Um, and also, you know, when you have video, it it's going to be a lot less likely that people can hide behind their words. You know, I also really wanted number one was always that this was going to be a positive, productive platform. And when people can kind of hide behind a screen just using text, it um, it it can be that much more of a, a space that is just has potential for harm and bullying. And uh, I, from the outset, that was the goal was always for this to be a space for building people up. So that's what, another reason for the video. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Totally answers my question. Um, I guess speaking more broadly, I understand that Verbena is kind of more targeted to people on health journeys and supporting them and, uh, you know, caregivers and, and just generally for people on health journeys. Um, but more broadly speaking, how do you see the kind of humane sentiment um, that is behind uh, Verbena being kind of more relevant given the social climate currently in America? 
That's great. So, you know, I'll take a step back that so much of the social media that we understand that's out there is um, it's built by men, you know, and if you think about like tech bros, like, you know, always knew that like Verbena was was not I did not want to try to be that. Um, And when I was first starting having conversations with developers and just even, you know, with with folks that I was meeting um, and explaining what I was trying to do, there was such a disconnect. They really didn't understand, you know, why would you create a platform that isn't going to have likes? You know, how are you going to show the value if you can't use the metrics of, um, you know, like buttons and followers? Like that's, Verbena doesn't work that way. You are only interacting with your own friends and family, your own community. It is not about promoting yourself. It is not about gaining um, followers, getting an audience. It is not about amassing the um, the metrics that is just like what's out there. And so it was a totally different way of, of thinking about what is the value here. And um, we were also asked from talking to folks, explaining how the platform was gonna work. Um, questions that were asked were like, well, how are you going to keep eyeballs on the screen because that is that's the goal for for everything else that's out there it's like how are we going to distract people how are they going to you know um showing them things that are that are upsetting that are divisive that are shocking in order to keep people glued to their screens and that has never been the purpose of verbena it's always been like how are we going to make this impactful and meaningful so that you can like dip in get the connection you need feel better and then move on. You know, it's not about sitting there and scrolling forever. So um, it's a totally different way of, of using the technology. And so it, it's that, that has been a big, a big um, kind of hurdle was getting people to understand that this is a whole different model for using social media. Um, because for, you know, 20 plus years, like this is kind of how everyone is is um, understanding the way technology is to be used. So, um, yeah, that's that was pretty, pretty much a big, a big, a big shift for for folks and in terms of wanting the technology to be to be a productive space. You know, and if you also think of how Facebook started, it started in someone's dorm room to rate people on their looks on completely superficial, you know, is a vanity, uh, a vanity space for um, the artificial or, or rather for the um, the external features. So, you know, whereas Verbena is, has always been intended to, to really get it. Um, what's most important. It's like the connection. And um, so I think that what the, the architecture and the intention behind a platform really informs informs you know later on how things change um, and how that really affects the how how the platform grows you know so I hope that answers your question Ananya no I've been rambling a little no no that was that was exactly everything you were just saying was exactly why I started this podcast in the first place you know what you were talking about how um, you know a lack of women on who are developing technology leads to the kind of value discrepancies that you discussed and how uh, you know 
we need to, as people developing technology, we need to really take a step back and understand, as you mentioned, how the architecture of, of the platforms we're developing can shape society. Um, on that note, uh, I guess as somebody who's an entrepreneur who's developing technologies, um, what are your insights on, uh, I guess, like the, the, the road forward from this, the technologies that we're seeing, as you mentioned, for example, Facebook and other social medias, which have kind of proven to be a little bit, um, you know, seeking, uh, you know, depending on an attention economy and uh, dividing people and, and all those things. What's your ideas on the road forward? I think it's really important to be having these conversations and to be really clear that the idea that that these large companies, that it's just can be free speech and it's all going to work out just fine. Um, we know that that's not true. We know that on um, an individual level, um, the, the major social media platforms out there are harmful to, to anyone, but particularly to our youth and particularly to, to our young women. Um, the Surgeon General came out a couple months ago and made it very clear that social media is harmful to your health and to be particularly aware of the harms that it causes for our youth. So to be having these conversations um, in our schools and in our homes and also within our government. You know, we have to be really clear that um, we can't we can't just let things just kind of evolve and it's all going to work out and shake out just fine because we already know that that is not true. It's not true also on a global scale. So it, it has um, interfered with our voting and um, in so many in so many ways. Um, I will tell you as a mother, um, before giving our kids telephones or cell phones rather, um, and letting them have the apps that they wanted to, that they desire to be connecting with their friends and peers, you have to have conversations about the, of how, how these apps work, how the metrics work, um, and also the, um, the movie, The Social Dilemma, I think that's like an absolute must for all families to watch together. I think before you give your kid a cell phone, you got to have this movie, you got to watch this movie, and you got to talk about it. And if your child does not, is not willing to have the conversation, and is not willing to sit down and watch this movie, then you can't have the phone. Um, I think it's like that simple. So, you know, I'll tell you as a, um, my mom, my son, he's now 14. He started recognizing that on Pinterest, all these videos were just being like fed to him. And he, he, he saw this was happening and he took Pinterest off his phone. So like, I think like the first step is the awareness, recognizing what's going on and then saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to just sit here and like watch this stuff. I'm going to take some, some real action. So I'm going to take it off my phone. Um, so I think that those are like kind of, you know, basic steps that we can take. But I'm, I'm so pleased that the Center for Humane Technology is putting so much, um, like really lifting the veil and, and putting it out there for us all to, to, to have these conversations, to learn more and really understand what is going on. Yes, as you as you mentioned, I al actually <laughs> I also discovered a lot of the you know humane technology as a concept itself through the social dilemma as you mentioned, and watching it was it it just it completely shifted my <laughs> perspective on a lot of things happening in society right now and and technology itself. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, uh, to any listeners, I honestly, I really recommend listening to that. It was, it was really, uh, eye opening. But, um, more, I guess, speaking towards, uh, Verbena, right? So, Verbena has actually been recognized as one of the six companies, um, by the Center of Humane Technology that's making technology more humane. So, um, as somebody who's clearly done something right here, um, what measures do you take to ensure the, architecture or the, the design of your product is humane and, and focused on uh, helping people rather than harming people? I think, you know, as I spoke earlier, to be really clear and staying focused on the intention here and not getting distracted when we've been asked to like gamify this more or to add like buttons and say like, you know what, we're going to do this differently. Um, and to to really stay resolute in in the conviction that actually a platform that is just for connection, it, it, it will speak to the right audience and um and to not fall into the pitfalls of like, well, everyone else is doing it this way, to be to be secure to do something differently. So that has been um, a big piece of it. And you know, it's also set up in such a way that the the way it works is that you have one person who's a host and they are the person who creates the invitation and invites folks in to submit video messages of love and support. And then that person really acts as a, um, as, as an administrator in that they can remove any videos that are not helpful. So making sure that you have those features built in that anything that is, is not productive can be easily removed. So that was also key to, to um, determining the architecture here. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that's definitely applicable to some other platforms we're seeing currently. Um, moving on to uh, a slightly different topic. Um, do you think that, I mean, you touched on this earlier on how technology as of now is is pretty much run by men. Um, I mean, a lot of things are run by men. Um, but I guess speaking to your experience, do you find that any parts of your experience as an entrepreneurship or as a, a technologist, um, do you believe that uh, any parts of these experiences have, have been kind of distinct as a result of your lived experience through gender? Great. So I can tell you that. So I kind of straddle a couple different worlds. Like one of them, yes, as like Verbena is a technology um, company platform, but we're also care tech. So I have found that a lot of the founders of the care technology in the caregiving space. You know, there are a, a number of wonderful apps that make it really easy to organize care for patients. Most of those founders are women. You know, when you think of a caregiver, um, you often think of women doing that role, especially the unpaid caregiving. Um, it actually is like a 50-50 split. So like a lot of the caregivers actually are men, but in terms of the folks who have founded the caregiving technology companies, many of them that I've met and really formed very strong bonds with are women. So I think that that is, that is unique here. Um, what was your other part of your question, Ananya? Um, I believe I had mentioned, I think uh, you went on about, uh, I think I, I was just talking about your experiences in entrepreneurship and I think you, you basically answered the question. I think you focused more on the technology part of it, but I guess also if you could speak to uh, maybe how your uh, experience as an entrepreneur has possibly differed um, due to being a woman. 
Um, being a woman means that in many spaces, and particularly when I was meeting with developers, um, it was often a bunch of male developers. And I felt like I had to really kind of get them on board with what we were trying to do. And it was um, a different way of doing and using technology. So that was that was kind of unique. And, and I think that when I first created Verbena, it always has come from really my, I mean, it's informed by my experience as, as an educator, as a caregiver, as a mom. And one of the reasons that we chose the name Verbena is because Verbena is a plant. And, you know, immediately from the outset, we wanted the name to connote something natural, something like, you know, mother nature, plants, organic, um, in the way that conversation and connection is, is a natural thing. So, um, really this idea of kind of the the feminine um and the the strength of of the interpersonal and more you know i'm putting in quotes like feminine um strengths of connection we wanted that to also come through in the name of the platform that makes that makes a lot of sense i think what you touched on on uh you know kind of how the the the, the the purpose and the general energy, I guess that that's like a very Gen Z word, but like the vibe of Verbena of is very like, as you mentioned, something that kind of you can, I, I guess I'm, I'm possibly going out on a limb to say this, but I think it just, when I looked at it, I was like, this has to be created by a woman. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is, you know, it just, it this is the kind of technology that's being brought forward by women. And that's amazing because for so many years, women have not necessarily been as much of a, con- a part of the conversation uh, when developing mainstream technology. So um, really amazing to hear what you were touching on. Um, before we l- wrap up, I have uh, one last question. So um, of course the, the I, at least from from my knowledge, I'm assuming uh, the vast majority of listeners here are kids who are roughly my age, like teenage girls, probably is is what I'm assuming is my target audience, generally speaking. Um, so as uh, a woman who's taken on, um, you know, in an entrepreneurial endeavor that was kind of motivated by compassion and, and, you know, you just kind of you saw a problem and you decided to take action. So I guess as an, an entrepreneur and somebody who's built technology, um, what's your advice specifically for young women who are trying to do the same? I think it's really important to stay connected to your why and to really, I could not build something that was not based on a mission that I valued. And so I think that it's really important to get clear about your values and to do the work that you feel is important and that you, that you, um, that you have the the interest, the drive, and it's okay to be a little scared to to do something that feels big. And I have to remind myself of that too. That um, something that feels big and scary but important, that's the kind of work you want to do because that's the only way we're going to have new important work being done. And um, I think that to also surround yourself with people who support you. It's really important. All right. On that fantastic and very inspiring note, um, I think that just about closes off our interview. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I'm sure um, listeners gained a lot from um, hearing this conversation because I know I sure did. Um, And yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you to listeners for tuning in and signing off. This is your host, Ananya. And listeners, see you on the next one.